At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, Executive Director of the Commonwealth Policy Center, here with good friend Ron Hicks. Ron, how you doing, brother? I'm doing very well, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy doing this with you, man. Yeah, well, I enjoy it, too. so, Ron, you called me yesterday. I, I was did. coming back from Frankfurt, and uh, mm-hmm. you called and asked if we had this week's program covered. And you have uh, you've been hearing from a lot of people about the election and <laughs> yeah. about uh, concern over the election results, particularly with the presidential race. And yeah. you're wondering if we could do a program. And um, yeah. I thought, you know what, we had one scheduled, but let's mm-hmm. do another one because this mm-hmm. is an important topic it about yeah. how to process the election and disappointment yeah. from a biblical worldview. How long have we been doing this? Right, twenty we, years uh, on and off doing various programs. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and and this is um, this is the first time I've I've ever called you, um, and and really it's because as you said the number of people who've been saying to me you know hang on brother Ron you you say that uh, you know the Bible says that God is the one who establishes uh, uh, leaders he he raises leaders up and all the rest of that and mm-hmm. and uh, and we thought. And again, whichever, you know, in this particular case, they're talking about the the party that lost the presidential, you know, and, and we thought that, people, you know, uh, the President uh, Trump stood for, for um, uh, biblical marriage and, and he stood for the sanctity of human life and all the rest of that. Right. And so, right. so, so God has, has ordained and established uh, a president now that's, that's against those things. And so... People have been worried about that, yeah, and, and I'm getting a lot of questions. And so, as a uh, pastor, I know you deal with uh, people who have trauma right. and um, concerns, mm-hmm. and when they're struggling with things, you hear it. You're on the front line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first thought that comes to mind, and we're going to unpack this in greater detail. But just based on what you said, I think uh, part of the disappointment, and my observation, based on what you said, and what I'm seeing as well. Right is the emotional investment that many mm-hmm. Christians had with Donald Trump. Sure. They thought that he was the, uh, uh, in some <laughs> cases, I want to say savior. I was, I was in saying some you, cases you I don't want to say, say that, but you're right. There's a lot but, of people who thought that. And, yeah. and, and so they get emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. Their hopes are pinned on him. He's the last great hope for America, so mm-hmm. to speak, and he doesn't win. And, and then people are saying, mm-hmm. well, where's God yeah. in all of this? Yes. And uh, that's unfortunate because we know as Christians a very basic principle that God is sovereign. Right. Uh, he governs in the affairs of men. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're all, he's not beholden to our emotional no, state. No, no, no. He's right. not based on our hopes Mm-mm. in, a, in right. a, uh, an election outcome. Right. So right. Uh, this is, a, uh, I think, an opportunity for the church, for sure. followers of Jesus to uh, just uh, s- s- take a step back mm-hmm. and to reassess, you know, where are we in our nation? Where am I? Where is God? Mm-hmm. Where am I in my relationship to right. God? And all of mm-hmm. these other things that really right. should be asked. Well, and I'll never throw a preacher under the bus. Those are those are my those are my people. Um, and, but but I I think uh, it, to some extent, uh, pastors might be a little bit responsible for some of these uh, uh, some of these emotions okay, because t- tell me how. Well, you know, it's well, God's not going to allow unbiblical. You know, He's not going to allow ungodly. 
uh, uh, laws to, to rule the day. You know, that God's not going to allow these things to happen. He's not going to honor anybody who's against, uh, you know, against biblical marriage and those sort of things. And so kind of set up this whole idea. So you've heard pastors saying this, that God is not going to allow yeah. unrighteous yeah. leadership. But mm-hmm. how does that square with Scripture when we know biblically, Ron, where Old Testament, New Testament, you have ungodly leaders. Yeah. Uh, well, and and you know, like I said, I'm not going to throw preachers under the bus because I, those are those are my people. But uh, there's a lot of preachers who who profess things that don't line up with what scriptures say. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, there's some out there that, that talk about. Uh, I I jokingly say fat, dumb, and happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. That yeah. all you got to do is follow Jesus, and there's a chicken in every pot, and you know, checkbook's going to be fat, and all the rest of that sort of stuff. Uh, that's contrary, in my opinion, it, to what scripture says. It is. Uh, uh, so, so along that pivoting off of that, you right. know, following Jesus isn't uh, the road to easy street. Often there's going to be hardship. Uh, there's going to be challenges. There's there's going to be persecution at twists and turns. But um, following that uh, into the political realm, uh, just because you're a believer and just because there's a lot of churches that are hoping for mm-hmm. one person to win an election right, right. doesn't mean that that person's going to get into office. No, no, uh, no. And also when the unrighteous get into power, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity for learning, for humility, for the church to humble itself and to seek God. Well, and Richard... When do we need God? And and I, I, that that's some people. If you might just be joining the and you say to yourself, what what kind of question is that? When do you need God? But when we get mm-hmm. to the end of us, yeah. um, you know, and, and we've got to get to the end of us before we realize that mm-hmm. God is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And and that's so right. a lot of times, uh, God has to allow us to get to the end of us for us to be able to say, you know, the only hope that we have is God. Yeah. And he, you know, That's I can good. imagine him sitting in heaven saying, well, yeah, I've been trying to convince you of that for a while. And so sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's like when we pray for patience, God doesn't give us patience. He presents opportunities for us to work on yeah. patience. Yeah. And so for us to return to him, he's got to allow certain circumstances to be so that we're at the end of us. I think that uh, one of the reasons why there was so much concern in the presidential race is because of what's happening in this country politically. Sure. There's been a strong push to the left, mm-hmm. socialism, uh, immoral policies that would embrace abortion on demand, uh, policies that would elevate LGBT rights above religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, transgenderism is going mainstream. You see cultural indicators that speak of a culture in decline and great concern in the church, especially yep. regarding religious freedom. Yeah. So those concerns are real. I don't want to minimize them. No. And yet at the same time, uh, ultimately our hope is not in one person. As no. much as we'd like somebody party, to, right. yeah, so, somebody to be in office, uh, we 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 look. St- talking about politics, first mm-hmm. of all, mm-hmm. we're given a gift in this country. Mm-hmm. We're given many freedoms, yeah. the blessing of liberty, the mm-hmm. freedom of speech and freedom mm-hmm. of religion. Those are good things. Absolutely. As Christians, we should steward mm-hmm. our freedoms. Mm-hmm. And this means politically we should be involved. Absolutely. We're aware uh, we engage in the elections. We vote. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't go in our direction. Oh, well, listen, brother, so. and, and you and I uh, 100% believe that. But there are there are folks who do not, you know, what's the old saying? You don't talk about religion or politics and polite company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the idea that, uh, 
you know, uh, you know uh, okay. that I actually felt the call of God to participate in the yeah. political process this yeah. this last time around. Well, and you ran um, for city council. I ran for city council. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really here's the crazy thing. Um, it was almost like one of my calls to a particular church. I felt God calling me to be a part of the process. Yeah. I did not feel in my spirit that, that I was going to win or that mm-hmm. I was going to lose. I didn't have a feeling one way or the other, but I really felt God calling me to be a part of the process. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of pushback uh, from from uh, church folks. I'm not, I'm not saying my church folks, but church folks who did not believe. I, mean, I had one person just say to me flat out, uh, uh, if you run for political office, I will no longer trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm thinking – one, then you don't know me, mm-hmm. you know, right. if, but, 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 uh, I had another person say, um, uh, either be a preacher or a politician. Yeah. Uh, you, there's no, there's no place for anybody to be both. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow, I, where, where's this coming from? I'm not aware of some um, of our founding fathers. Mm, I'm thinking right. of Witherspoon was a preacher, one of the signers of the declaration of independence. Right, right. And, and every have, university started as a seminary. I, I, I say every; it may not be every, but a, a the large early ones majority in the, in of them. Yeah. The, the you know 1600s, yeah. uh, Yale, yeah. Harvard, Princeton. Yeah, uh, they started as seminaries to train mm-hmm. pastors. Many, mm-hmm. by the way, many of the graduates went into government as well. Yeah, because the grounding for pastoring was in the scripture, and the grounding for service in government was in scripture as well. Absolutely. So they they had that. Ron, I want to Uh say this before we take a break. Sure, sure. I appreciate you running for office, throwing your hat in the ring. I know your heart. Well, they picked it up and threw it back because I was elected. (laughs) Well, but you still did it. I'm going to make this recommendation, though. (laughs) Next time you need to go through Commonwealth Policy Center candidate training. That's why I And that's going to help you. You know what? You're right. We will have a training event that you can attend in the future. So. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson. We're going to take a quick break and be back in just a moment. Growing up as a child, who did you turn to whenever you had a crisis? Who was your source of strength? Who held you in the darkest situations and became your beacon of light? Most of us will recall the love of our parents, our grandparents, our family. But the harsh reality today is that there are many who face the dark places of life totally alone. Since 1869, the mission and the ministry of Sunrise Children's Services has been to help children in crisis. That need grows every day in Kentucky. Everyone with a passion for children can join us in giving hope to children in need. To learn more, just visit sunrise.org or call 1-800-456-1386. Matthew 25:40 tells us, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Now's the time to be a child's source of strength. Come help us at Sunrise Children's Services. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson here with Ron Hicks, and we are processing the election and specifically disappointment in an election from a biblical worldview. Ron, a lot of past, a lot of uh, not just pastors, but uh, Christians are disappointed with the outcome of the election. Uh, you're well, hearing. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I think it's even greater than saying they're disappointed. I think, I think they're they're literally questioning what is God doing. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think it's disappointed in their candidate losing, but it's almost this idea of. Does God know what's going on in America? So, so am I hearing a lack of faith, lack of trust in God, um, questioning, you know, His involvement or even His 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, the whole idea is, is uh, you know, I, I'm almost kind of reminded when, when John the Baptist was about to be beheaded and he sent his disciples uh, to, to be able to ask, now, are you the one? Yeah. Or should we should so I think I think a lot of people are saying okay now now God we we thought this was the one um, we 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 did we didn't we we thought that you understood what was going on that yeah. that uh, same sex marriage that that abortion and all these things were on the line we thought that you understood what was going on so so are you the one <laughs> you know God are you the one that we ought to be following or were we mistaken in all this um, yeah. so I think it's more than just a disappointment well, well Ron we know biblically you know as a pastor you've preached on several verses that speak of God's mm-hmm, sovereignty mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. it comes to raising up leaders and sure. I'm looking at one here in mm-hmm. Daniel 221 this is where Daniel uh, is prophesying before Nebuchadnezzar he says this he changes times and seasons mm-hmm. and this is referring to God sure he removes kings and sets up kings he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Mm-hmm, this speaks mm-hmm. of God raising up leaders and removing leaders. And that story with Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. remember Nebuchadnezzar exalted himself as a god, and, and a voice from heaven came down and said, look, I'm going to, uh, in a year from now, I'm going to turn mm-hmm. you just into like mm-hmm. one of the beasts of the field. Right. And uh, he was inflicted. He, you know, Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. lost his mind, and he thought he was an animal. A- absolutely. God yeah. humbled him. But he sure you, did. But you see God had his hand in raising up mm-hmm. and then taking down. You see in Psalm 75, 6 through 7. I, I don't know if you have that passage in front of you. Uh, let me look. I, I, wrote, I wrote down several just simply. Uh, let, me, for, let me read yeah, that. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Because you don't have your glasses, too. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Psalm 75, 6 through 7. Seven says this, for not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes lifting up, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. God is putting down one, lifts up another, referring to uh, political uh, political appointments. Sure. And in, in Romans 13, uh, it, it says, uh, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authority, for there's no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whatever re- uh, therefore whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed uh, uh, will uh, receive condemnation upon themselves. So, mm-hmm. so Paul is writing to a church in Rome, a church he's never been to, yeah. uh, and he says that government authorities are set up mm-hmm. by God, and we should be uh, we're subjects of those governing authorities. Yeah. And um, it, it, no authority exists except it exists from God. So, right. so Christians are like, okay, so so has God established a government in the United States and and set an authority who has said openly, I will do everything I can to protect the right of a person to terminate a pregnancy. It, it, has God set up and established an authority for somebody that says the sanctity of marriage, as it's been, as it's been defined by, by the scripture, uh, that, that God has set up somebody that says, I'll do everything I can to make sure that that's not followed. So a couple of things. Mm-hmm. One is when you read Romans 13, it makes clear that God designed government. Right. He's the author of mm-hmm. government, and, sure. he, and he designs it for his purposes. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is that we know throughout history, uh, throughout scripture, you see where there are ungodly people, right. wicked people who are allowed to serve in office, sure. uh, do terrible things. Mm-hmm. Governments uh, can be good or they can be bad. Absolutely. Uh, governments, uh, uh, I think, also can be used to chastise people. They're sure. a lesson. If people ask for something that is <laughs> wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if there's a government that's corrupt and people want that kind of corruption, whether knowingly or unknowingly, mm-hmm. God will allow that to happen. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, 
You know, so sometimes people have this misconception that you know, God's never going to ask you to do anything that's going to be uncomfortable or inconvenient. God's never going to ask you to to sell your business and to, to move away. He's never going to ask you to leave your children. He's never going to ask you to put your family in danger. That's completely contrary to the Scripture. But also people say, oh, well, God's never going to – he's never going to allow anything to happen that, that – uh, uh, you know, he's never going to allow somebody to be the president. That's 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 you know, and so so they're they're misapplying. They scripture. are, and we know. So here's a good example in history: mm-hmm. the Roman government uh, was not known for godly virtues, <laughs> right? I mean, no. the, the the Caesars elevated right. themselves up to godlike mm-hmm. status. You had to worship the Caesar. Now, God used the Roman government to create stability in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. The Roman government made these roads that were eventually used to carry the gospel mm-hmm. to all corners of the no, the, mm-hmm. the world at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, yet it was, you know, so you see God's purposes, yes. yet it wasn't always righteous, but there were some purposes behind that. Absolutely. Uh, the early church, Ron, uh, was born under the rule of, uh, of, of Nero, right. <laughs> you know, uh, ungodly mm-hmm. leaders. And yet God still used that. I mean, the church was in a crucible. Uh, People had to lean on God. They had to uh, lean on each other as a body of believers that would bear one another's burdens. Uh, Even though it was difficult and challenging to live out their faith, they still did it. Mm -hmm. And within three centuries, the church, uh, it was like a grass fire, took off across Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Roman government eventually became Christian under... under, uh, can't stop, can't, um, um, I, I, I wish I didn't say who under um, who because I just forgot, but um, it's it did become a Christian. I want to say can, can, uh, the Constantinople name, was the you. new, no, that <laughs> no, was uh, that's Constantine. Was yeah, Constantine, thank yeah. you. That yeah. was trying to so, so, but here's the thing. Uh, just because an ungodly person is in office doesn't mean that some good can be uh, right. accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, but it also means that it's not an endorsement no. on their behavior no. or right. on their unrighteousness. Right. I think the takeaway in this election, though, is that as Americans and as Christians, uh, we look to God. Mm-hmm. We, our hope is in him. We trust in his sovereignty. We seek him and say, right. God, what are you teaching us? Right. What is the message to us? Right. It's not the end of the world. Uh, it's just the change in administrations right, right now. Right. And uh, this is a time for our faith to grow, for us to, to grow closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. for us to seek him. And I would say that as a nation, uh, uh, the only hope for our nation really is not in our political leaders. It's right. not in who's in the White House. Mm-mm. But or it how is, the stock market is doing, or what your sports team is doing, or it's ultimate, all those. Yeah. It's ultimately in us seeking God. It's right. God having His hand on us. It's right. Us Do I have time to read him. the scripture before yeah, we go? go okay. Yeah, yeah. In in, uh, in First Samuel uh, chapter eight, uh, verse uh, four through nine. So all the elders of Israel gathered together, uh, and uh, verse five, they said to him, uh, "You are old, talking to Samuel. Don't you love it? <laughs> hey, Samuel, you're old, and your mm-hmm. sons do not walk in your ways. Mm-hmm. Now appoint a king to lead us." such as all the other nations have. Verse 6, but when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, listen to all the people, uh, listen to all that the people are saying to you. Um, it is not you they're rejecting, but they have rejected me as their king, as they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are doing, uh, so they are doing to you. Now, verse 9, Listen to them, but warn them solemnly, solemnly, and let them know 
what the king who will reign over them will do. So God, go ahead. You have a thought? No, yeah. I, it's, it's good, and that's yeah. appropriate because yeah. here you have God who was the leader over Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were unlike any other nation. They mm-hmm. had judges that led them. They had prophets at that time. Right. But Israel wanted to be like the other nations. They said, Samuel, give us a king. You're, you're about to pass away. That's what they were saying yeah, to him. You're old. We want a king. Mm-hmm. Samuel went to God and said, look, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Me. Uh, so we, we need to realize that, uh, you know, sometimes people desire the wrong thing. Right. If ancient Israel could desire the wrong thing, we as American mm-hmm. Christians in the 21st century right. can desire the wrong thing too. And God didn't say, okay, Sam, I'm going to throw lightning bolts down from heaven. I'm going to completely destroy. What he said was warn them yeah. about what's it's in the happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Let's take a quick break. We'll yeah, come yeah, back yeah. and unpack okay. the rest yeah, yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Hi, Richard Nelson here with the Commonwealth Policy Center. It's clear that the news media isn't always fair. In fact, there's lots of far-left bias and political gamesmanship. No surprise there. So if you're looking for a perspective that's grounded in the truth of Scripture and our nation's founding principles, then get plugged into CPC's resources. Sign up for our e-newsletter at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Commonwealth Policy Center. And we're on Twitter at CPC for Kentucky. Commonwealth Policy Center recently hosted a special convention called Conservatives for Kentucky. It's now airing on the Commonwealth Policy Center's Facebook page. And it features conservative leaders like Attorney General Daniel Cameron, State Treasurer Allison Ball, Secretary of State Michael Adams, Pastors Bob Russell, and Herschel York. The convention promotes conservative principles like the sanctity of human life, religious freedom, and the rule of law. Go to the Commonwealth Policy Center's Facebook page to see the convention. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, here with Ron Hicks, and we are processing the election. Uh, The disappointment, the discouragement, maybe even despair, Ron, Mm -hmm. in some Christian circles, some who've put what are we gonna a lot do? of their hopes in, yeah. in who wins the presidency. Yeah. I want to take a step back before we okay, go into sure. that and say, by and large, this last election was uh, it was not this blue wave that was supposed to happen across right, the country. Right, it right. was really a red wave. It, it was a it was a move in the conservative direction mm-hmm. in Congress. Republicans picked up, conservatives picked up half dozen to ten seats, at least a half dozen. Looks like they've held the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've picked up at least one governorship, one state legislature. Um, they hold a majority as far as those congressional seats that have redistricting. 171 are for Republicans. They're going to redistrict the lines according to the census. Only 70-some for Democrats. Right. Here in Kentucky, mm-hmm. we had a red wave. Yes. The margin uh, of Republicans in the House, they picked up a net of 13 seats. It's 75 Republicans to 25 Democrats. Well, almost like, almost as if the people of America are saying, uh, okay, uh, we, we want our president to, to, we want Biden to be our president, but we want to be able to have that balance of power. We, we don't want there to be all Republicans. We don't want there to be all Democrats. We want that balance of power so that... There, there isn't just, you know, absolutely a... a, a I, I would say this. Uh, we do have often choose divided government, but I would say it was not the conservative message that was rejected at the presidential level. Right. It was the messenger. I would agree. It was 100%. a conservative look. <laughs> yeah. When you look at what's happened in the last year, uh, violence and looting in the streets, mm-hmm. defunding the police, 
when you've seen overstep of the government mm-hmm. into the realm of religious freedom, yes. these things pushed America to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happened that in the presidential race, uh, Donald Trump had very, very high negatives, yes. and he couldn't overcome those. No. No. So, uh, so, Ron, uh, getting back to what people desire mm-hmm. in an election, sometimes we desire the wrong thing, uh, as the ancient Israelites did. Mm-hmm. They wanted a king. They got a king, but God warned them, if if I give you a king, here's what's going to happen. And he said, right. listen to all that the people are saying to you. Mm-hmm. Listen to them. Mm-hmm. And so so Samuel, uh, you know, he, he's angry, mm-hmm. and God's like, listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not putting their trust in me. They're not putting their faith mm-hmm. in me. They're not putting their hope in me. Yeah. I think that we can say the same thing today. Listen to what people are saying. What are we going to do? Well, either God's God or he's not. Yeah. Um, and, and either he's the way and the truth and the life where he's not. Yeah. Uh, either, you know, the, the scriptures say broad is the path of destruction and many that go that way, but narrow is the way and few that find it. Uh, it, it gives this picture of a narrow, rugged path yeah. where people walk one at a time. It's not going to be an easy path. It's not yeah. going to be. So if we think um, if we think our hope is in a donkey or, a, or on an elephant, if, if our saving grace is going to come from anywhere other yeah. than the cross, then, then we're sorely mistaken. And so the same thing applies today. Listen to what the people are saying, and in their conversation we can hear the flaws uh, of their thinking, and, and that gives us an opportunity. I think we're primed for revival. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to get to. Yeah, we got go just ahead. a couple yeah, minutes yeah, here. Yeah. but I'll be quiet uh, and listen I, to you. No, <laughs> I want to I hear, so what are some things that you would say, if you're preaching to the, all mm-hmm. the Christians in this mm-hmm. country— Bible-believing Christians, what are some steps that they could take right now? What, how should we look at this moment that we're in, in disappointment and even despair? What, can, what would you say we should do? Uh, what can, practical things that the body of Christ, followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. should be doing in this moment? That's a great question. And, and um, I, I was reading through the book of Acts years ago, um, and, and the, 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 you know, Stephen was stoned, uh, church was scattered, came under persecution. And as I was reading that, I, I realized just, just a couple verses before it said, and this is the Hicks paraphrase, that the church enjoyed the favor of all the people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, uh, yeah. you know, they were being persecuted. And and then as I, I read, you know, three or four chapters later, it said that the church enjoyed the favor of the people again. Yeah. So I thought to myself, wow. okay, they came under persecution, um, and 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 then they were restored. What did they do different? I th- so I thought, okay, yeah. this is what we got. Let's study what they did different. Yeah. You know what they did different? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> they continued to proclaim the gospel. They okay. continued to witness. They continued to be able to minister. They continued to keep the main thing the main thing. And they realized, you know, it was almost like God was saying, hey, look, you take care of my business. I'm going to handle your business. So it was like the trajectory was up, but there was a blip where it went down. Mm-hmm. Like if it was mm-hmm. a graph, it mm-hmm. was going up. Mm-hmm. And then it went down at that moment of persecution. But they still remained faithful. They still sought God. They still proclaimed the gospel. They still lived in community and and helped each other and encouraged each other. And I would say that's what we need to know. You know, as much as you and I love politics and we talk about policy Mm -hmm. and government and Mm -hmm. all these things, Mm -hmm. we know that in the church that is not the primary focus. In fact, there's a very distinct realm. You have the realm of the church, the realm of the government. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've always agreed, and I think it's biblical, that the church should, and the followers of Jesus should care about government, should influence government, because what we talked about earlier, it is a stewardship. We're given a gift in this country, but... If we would get back to some of the main things, like you said, yeah. following God, humbling mm-hmm. ourselves before him, 
looking around us in our community, who needs help? Right. Who can we minister to? Uh, how can what what ministry does God have for me, or what can I do with my gifts and talents? When we get busy in the church doing God's work, ministering to others, loving others, that's when we see radical change. Right. And we've got those opportunities right before us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ron, we are out of time. What? Goodness. We are out of time. Is this time been a good program? We're having fun. No kidding. Uh, bottom line, uh, listeners, um, God is on his throne. Um, he's not kicked off his throne by a political party. Right. Uh, serve him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, um, and and it's all going to be okay. Amen. It's going to be okay. Amen. God bless you, brother. God bless you.